0: So this morning, I'm going to be preaching a message that I have entitled, Transformation. Transformation. I know I've told you a lot of stories about my dad, and I would apologize for that, except he was a remarkable person, and his story needs to be told. But I can't really tell a story about transformation without reminding you, if you've never heard it the story of my dad. So I have a question. How can a man raised in abject poverty in rural Oklahoma by an abusive alcoholic father who left school in the seventh grade to work the fields, never finished high school, who served in World War II and during that time learned that he was good with his hands who got saved a little before the war and developed his faith while on the battlefield, who came home from war and got married, started a family, built a house that is still in my family today, who ended up with a 35-plus year career as an airline mechanic with American Airlines, who served my local church in every way possible, from Sunday school teacher, to board member, to volunteer church janitor, to volunteer church lawnmower with his free capable assistant. (laughs) It was a non-paid position, just so you know. (laughs) Who was married for over 50 years, who raised three sons and was the best dad a person could ever hope for. Who became a voracious reader who prayed every day and read the Bible through. He told me later in life that he had read the Bible through every year for over 40 years, who fasted every Wednesday most of my life, whose life was a success in every way possible, and the question remains, how is that even possible? One word, transformation. You see, when God gets involved in our lives, Not just some things change, everything changes, amen? Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Lord, I thank you so much for the power of transformation in our lives. I thank you for your power in our lives. And I pray now, Lord, that you'll anoint these words. There are very specific things that you have for people to hear today. I pray that you will enable me to speak the word and you'll enable the hearers to hear the word. We pray all of this in your awesome and holy name, and everyone said. On Monday morning in February 2008, every sports page in the world heralded the upset of the New York Giants over the New England Patriots. I enjoyed that victory very much. I'm not a Giants fan, just not a Patriots fan. But the story within the story is that the Giants head coach Tom Coughlin pulled off this upset with the shocker of being nice. (laughs) And so, in one of the pregame interviews, uh, a young man asked the question of Coach Coughlin. He said, I hear you've been a lot nicer this year. Who put you up to that? And so after going 8-8 eight and eight in the 2007 season, Tom Coughlin met with his veteran players and they said this. They said that he yelled too much, he communicated too little, and he listened barely at all. You see, Tom Coughlin spent three years trying to change his players and it didn't work. So he decided to change himself and that's what changed his players and now they are Super Bowl champs transformation I want us to look this morning at the story of Gideon and really understand the power of transformation and what God can do when we allow him into our lives so I'm going to encourage you to turn in your Bibles or Grab your smartphone and go to Judges chapter 6. We'll be in Judges chapter 6, 7, and 8. The scripture references will be on the screen, so you can certainly follow along, and I'll be reading these passages. We'll be looking at quite a bit of scripture today. The first act of transformation that God did in Gideon was the truth about Gideon. So let's pick up the story in Judges chapter six, verse eleven, where the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak and Ophrah that, that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he spoke his truth, God's truth: the Lord is with you mighty warrior a little perspective in these ancient times you did not thresh wheat in a wine press so if i can just give you a mental picture the, the way they would thresh wheat is typically they would pour out the wheat from whatever container it was in and allow the wind to blow and separate the wheat from the chaff But if you can picture in your mind a wine press, even if you have to go back to the old I Love Lucy episode where Lucy was smashing the grapes, remember? A wine press is an enclosed space because you want to smash the grapes and then capture that liquid. So it's a little hard to pour out wheat and the wind to blow on the wheat when you're inside an enclosed space. Everybody with me? So here is Gideon hiding inside a wine press trying to thresh wheat, and the angel of the Lord appears and speaks the truth about Gideon. And he says, You chicken, what are you doing in this wine press? No. He says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But like many of us, Gideon was not convinced. <laughs> So in verse 13, Gideon responds with his truth, and he says, pardon me, Lord, but if the Lord is with us, like you say, why is all this happening to us? Where are his wonders that our ancestor told us about? Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us And given us into the hands of Midian. God says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon says, why is this happening? So God follows Gideon's truth with God's truth once more. In verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength. Listen, you have. This isn't even the strength I'm going to give you. This is the strength you have. And save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? And here is Gideon's truth. He says, pardon me, Lord, but how am I going to save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least of my family. God's truth. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon's truth. Why is this happening? God's truth, you're going to save Israel, Gideon says. I don't think so. Verse 16, God's truth again. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon is considering these things. So in verse 17, Gideon replies, If I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that this is really you talking to me, that this is not just pizza, bad pizza from last night. Please do not go away until I come back and bring an offering. So Gideon brings an offering, and the angel of the Lord performs a miracle, consumes that offering, and Gideon realizes that this is not just a visitor, that this is the angel of the Lord. So God continues his truth, verse 23, but the Lord said to him, peace, do not be afraid, you're not gonna die. So my question to you today is, what's God's truth about you? I know your life and your circumstances and maybe even your family have said things about you, to you. But I'm here today to say, what has God said about you? My own dear wife, her father had a demeaning nickname that I won't even share with you today that is the farthest thing from the truth that he said to her. But that wasn't God's truth. My dad's dad spent his life telling my dad that he was too dumb, too little, too incapable, and not able to do anything. And my dad spent the next 70 years living out the opposite of those words. I know your life and your circumstances, maybe even your family, has spoken words over you. But I'm here today to ask you, what has God said about you this morning? Well, I can give you a sample from God's word that the Lord has said that you're more than a conqueror. The Lord has said you're a royal priesthood. The Lord has said you're a chosen people God has said you're the apple of his eye. In fact, the word tells us that you are worthy of the life of his only begotten son. I don't really put a lot of stock in what the world has said about you or even your family has said about you. I want to know what God has said about you. And he has said that he loves you and gave his son for you. That's the truth. And I don't think I'll be going too far to say that those things we say to ourselves are often lies. I don't know about you, but sometimes I call myself a dummy. And often that is merited. But some of you have those Memories, those voices in your head that constantly remind you of how incapable, how dumb, how not worthy you are. But I'm here today to tell you that God says you are worthy and that he gave his son for you. That's the truth. Don't listen to those lies. Amen? God's truth about Gideon was that he was a mighty warrior Gideon wasn't convinced, but that was God's truth. The second act of transformation in Gideon was the testing of Gideon. And it came in three parts. The first of these tests was the test of fear. So the same night, Judges chapter 6, verse 25, the same night the Lord said to him, okay, here's your first job. Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one that's seven years old. Tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole. In fact, take the wood from the Asherah pole and build an altar and then offer that bull as a burnt offering. So Gideon took 10 of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than in the daytime, the test of fear. The Lord said, all right, here's your first job. Mighty warrior, here's your first job. I want you to tear down the altar of Baal and cut down the Asherah pole. And Gideon did the work, but he did it at night because he was afraid. He did what God asked him to do, but he was afraid. So I'm here again to ask you a question this morning. What are we afraid of doing? It's a great um, question to ask yourself every once in a while. And I, As I was here yesterday preparing and praying and getting myself ready to share this message today, I felt like the Lord would have me ask this question of you. And that is this, what would you do if you could not fail? What would you do if failure was not an option? Would you start a business? Would you change jobs? Would you finally quit that thing the Lord has been asking you to quit? Would you step out into some form of ministry? What would you do if you could not fail God gave Gideon a job and he did it but he was afraid and I believe the Lord is challenging us this morning to say what would we do if we weren't afraid if we weren't gonna fail the second of these tests not only the test of fear but then there was the test of faith Gideon is becoming a little bit more convinced, but he asked God for a little bit more proof. Judges chapter 6, verse 36. Gideon says to God, if you're going to save Israel by my hand, as you have promised, if this is true, then I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor, and if there is dew only on the fleece, and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand. And this is what happened. So Gideon got up the next day and said, I know I asked one thing, Lord, but I got just one more request. Don't be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece, but this time make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew That night God did so. Only the fleece was dry and all the ground was covered with dew. Gideon is now moving from the man that was scared to thresh wheat and hid inside of a wine press. Gideon was the person that God said, I'm with you, mighty warrior. And he said, where are you? Why is this happening? Gideon is the one that God said, I'm going to use you to save Israel. And Gideon said, I don't think so. And now Gideon is beginning to learn to listen to the voice of God. Pastor Amber gave a great message last week about the word of God and the power it serves in our life because it is the primary way God speaks to us. And she made the illustration that in the summer, many parents, we leave a note to our kids telling them what to do that day. And it is usually not an excuse when the parent gets home to say, I didn't see the note because they know it's there. And wow, did that flood me with awesome memories because my dad didn't just leave a note, but he left a work of art every day of my life he didn't just say pull the weeds out of the strawberry patch and feed the dogs and mow the yard he drew a stick figure of all of the different tasks (laughs) I wish I had kept those notes so I could show some of them to you but when I had to feed the dogs I got a little stick figure of the dog and me going out to feed the dogs Every day of my life, I had a note from my dad saying, here's what you need to do before you go play. Well, that is what God's word is to us. It gives his note to us to say, do these things first. I'll speak to you through these notes that I have left you. Do that. And then occasionally, I'll also speak to you You see, in preaching, teaching circles, we call those passages the fleecing of the Lord, where Gideon said, okay, God, do the water thing. Okay, now do it backwards. Now, this doesn't always work because tonight you may kneel beside your bed and say, okay, Lord, if the sun comes up in the west, I will go to Africa and become a missionary, I am here today to say that the sun's probably going to come up in the east. In fact, it is an example of really Gideon's lack of faith that he asked God, but he's beginning to hear the voice of the Lord. That's why reading his word is so important. That's why having a prayer life is so important, because it is in those moments that God begins to speak to our hearts. And one of the most powerful illustrations in my life of hearing the voice of the Lord is again, my dad, when he came back from the war, he, he got a job at Rockwell International. Again, this is an uneducated person who'd never finished high school, did not have a diploma, went to the war, came back, he worked with the um, um, parts of the war, The I can't think of the name, where they built things, and so he learned that he was good with his hands. So when he got back, because of his military service, he was hired on at Rockwell International. And in those days, that was one of the best jobs in the Tulsa area, That's where my family was from, is from. But in the, somewhere around the 50s, 60s, a new, relatively new company moved to Tulsa. And they offered my dad a job And my dad prayed about what cars to buy, what jobs he should have. (laughs) My dad didn't just pray for lunch. He prayed for everything. And he didn't pray quiet. Like if my youngest son is ever here, don't ask him to pray for lunch because you're going to be there a minute. Because my youngest son prays like my dad used to pray. My dad prayed loud and long. And so my dad began to pray about this job. It certainly made no sense to take this job with this young company when he had this really stable job, but my dad told me the story later. He said, few times in my life have I truly felt the Lord spoke to me because he said, I felt like the Lord called me to leave my job at Rockwell International and go to work for American Airlines. Well, in and of itself that doesn't seem very impressive but if you fast forward 35 years to when my dad retired there was no more rockwell international it had become consumed dissolved bankrupt i don't even remember but when my dad retired in the late 90s the job with american airlines for someone with his skills was one of the best jobs in the tulsa market you see My God loved my dad so much and he loves you so much that he cares about the things you do all the way down to the job you have. And the Lord spoke to my dad and called him out. It was a test of faith. It was a test of fear. It was a scary thing to do, but God knew the future and my dad didn't. And so he blessed him with a long, fruitful career because he listened to the voice of the Lord. The third test is the test of trust. Judges chapter 7. Early in the morning, Jeroboam, that's Gideon's new nickname after he knocked down the altar to Baal, all of his men camped at the spring of Herod. the camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. And the Lord said to Gideon, so he's got a, an army that has assembled. And we're going to do the math here in a second. But if you read the first few verses of chapter 6 of Judges, you understand that the Midians, the Midianites were, they called them like locusts. They were just this enormous group of people. And they had come in such numbers that they were oppressing Israel. And so Gideon assembled an army of 32,000 men. But the Lord said to Gideon in verse 2, you got too many men. And Gideon's like, I do? He said, I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel will boast against me. My own strength has saved me, they'll say, so. Announce to the army, anybody that's afraid, they can go home. No harm, no foul. Just let them know if they're afraid, go home. 22,000 men went home. So 22,000 men left, so that uh, meant 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, that's still too many men. <laughs> How would you like to be been Gideon in that moment? He's like, no, it's not. 10,000 men. It's too many. So we're going to do one more test, Gideon. Take the men down to this uh, stream and have them drink and separate those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. And so, 300 Of them drank from cupped hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest were sent away. Let all the others go home, God said. Verse 8, here's the test of trust. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home, but kept the 300, and took over the provisions and the trumpets of the others. It is the ultimate test of trust when you send 31,700 men home when you're getting ready to face an army of thousands, most likely millions. But that was the test of trust. I've told you the story before of our call here to Montgomery. Through a miraculous set of circumstances, my brother accidentally called Pastor Randy. Pastor Randy called him back. That led to Pastor Scott coming down to interview. Pastor Scott referred Pastor Randy to me. In September of 2007, my wife and I came down. We spent a weekend with the staff. Later, Pastor Randy called to offer us the job. And... And I said to my family, I'm not gonna make this decision and make you go with me. We're gonna make this decision together. You see, my wife and daughter had never lived anywhere but in our little town. They had never signed up to moving away and being in ministry. I will tell you honestly, I never thought I would be in a church job again. I've told you my story. I used to be a pastor, went through divorce, and I didn't think I would ever work for a church. Again, And so we prayed And we made that group That decision together as a group And we felt like the Lord was in it And so we moved from Tulsa, Oklahoma I moved in October of 2007 And I don't know if you've noticed but I've never left <laughs> You see it was the ultimate test of trust where we as a family felt like this was what God wanted us to do. It was scary. It required lots of faith, but I got to tell you, it was one of the best decisions we ever made. I've told you before what a blessing you have been to all of my family. Over the years, most of my kids have served here on the staff. My dear daughter is home for the month from grad school. She was able to serve for the, with the church for years. And if you have a chance to meet her after church, you can ask her what a doctorate in astrophysics means. And when she answers you, you can think to yourself, I hear the words, but I don't really understand them. But it was a decision based on trust. We said, God, I think you're in it. So we place our life In your hands and he blessed and honored that decision so there is the truth of Gideon when God spoke to Gideon words of affirmation and faith and truth that even Gideon didn't couldn't hear then there's the testing of Gideon where God begins to give Gideon jobs and the first job he does but it's in fear and then his faith is stretched, and he asks God for a little bit more proof. And then there's the act of trust, where Gideon sends everybody home. And now he is facing this massive army with 300 men. So the final act of transformation of God that God did in Gideon was the transformation of Gideon. So God continues to build Gideon's faith. <clears throat> Judges chapter 7 verses 9 through 11 Gideon and one of his servants go down and God says I'm going to just give you one more one more little tidbit of proof so Gideon and his servant go down and they overhear two of the Midianites talking and one of them says to the other I had a dream and I I saw this loaf of barley bread roll into the the camp and knock over a tent and The other one was like, that's got to be Gideon and his army. You see, God was so far ahead of Gideon that he was already planting the seeds of the miracle in the Midianites' heart before Gideon even knew what was happening because that's the kind of God I serve, amen? So one of the most powerful examples of transformation in Scripture is in Judges chapter 7. Verse 15. So when Gideon heard this dream and its interpretation, he bowed down. He was finally convinced and worshiped. And he said, He returned to the camp of Israel and he called out and he said, Get up, the Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. So dividing the 300 men into three companies, he placed swords, shields, and rifles. in the hands of the army, no. He placed trumpets, empty jars, and torches. So not only did he have 300 men against millions, but he didn't even have swords and shields. He had trumpets, jars, and torches when I and all who are with me blow our trumpets then from all around the camp blow yours and shout for the Lord and for Gideon Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch right after they had changed the guard and they blew their trumpets and they broke the jars that were in their hands and the three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars and grabbing the torches in their left hands and holding the trumpets in their right hands that they were to blow they shouted a sword for the Lord and for Gideon and while each man held his position around the camp all the Midianites ran crying out as they fled and when the 300 trumpets sounded and the cello and the violin played. That was editorialized. The Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. Verse 25, they pursued, they went from a defensive force to an offensive force and they pursued the Midianites and they brought the heads of the leaders, Oreb and Zeb. God took a man that was hiding in a wine press that argued with God and said, what do you mean you're going to use me? To the same man that had 300 men against thousands, if not millions. And he handed them a trumpet and a jar and a torch. And he said, all right, we're going to smash these jars. We're going to blow our trumpets and we're going to cry out to the Lord And we're going to believe that the Lord is going to deliver the Midianites into our hands. And my friends, that's exactly what happened. And I believe chapter 8 verse 4 is the completion of this transformation. Because it says this, Gideon and his 300 men, exhausted yet keeping up the pursuit came to the Jordan and crossed it. From a man hiding in a winepress while trying to thresh wheat to a man who was exhausted but keeping up with the pursuit, Gideon went from a man who was hiding and afraid to a man that questioned God to a man that fully trusted God and became the mighty warrior just like the angels said. And my question to you today is what transformation does God want to do in your life? Because listen, folks, this isn't just some old Bible story. God can do more in your life than he ever did in Gideon's life. Because he's still alive today, amen? He's not some historical figure, and these are just fictional stories that someone wrote in a book. No, this is the truth. This is the living word of God. And God today wants to do a work in our lives. He wants to speak truth to us. He wants us to step out in faith and have trust. And then God wants to change us and make us new. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me if you would to close your eyes right where you are, just a couple moments longer. I'm gonna ask you right there where you're seated to bow your heads and to close your eyes. And I, I couldn't really preach a message about transformation without giving all of us an opportunity to be transformed. And so I ask you today if your relationship with God is broken, maybe you used to have a relationship with God, but you've let that relationship grow cold. maybe you've never had a relationship with God. Maybe you need, need to meet the Lord today and begin this transformation. But it all starts with us allowing God to come into our life. because listen, on our own power, we can't change. We can even try. But it never works. But when we let God in, everything changes. So this morning, I'm going to ask you right there where you're seated, if you don't have a relationship with God or you used to have a relationship with God, but that relationship is now broken and you know that God wants to do something in your life, but it all begins with that first decision of saying, God, I need you in my life every day. And I want to invite you into my heart this morning. If you're here today and you need the Lord to come into your heart and to begin a work of transformation in your life, I'm going to ask you to just be brave enough to raise your hand right where you're seated. And we're going to put a Bible in your hand. And we're going to pray with you that the Lord will do a work of transformation in your life. We'll just wait a moment. Anyone else? Amen. So that was the salvation call. You can look this way if you would. This is the transformation, Cole. I feel like the Lord brought me here today to ask you these questions, and maybe you could hear them. But what would you do if you couldn't fail? What would you do if you put your fear aside and you stepped out? what has your life what have you said about yourself what has god said about you what has god asked you to do today that might be scary sure that's going to involve a lot of trust and faith but you know this morning he's asking you maybe he's asked you to stop doing something and you're looking for the faith to step out and say all right god I'm gonna put that aside maybe like my dad the Lord is speaking to you about changing jobs and you're like Lord there's no way in the world maybe the Lord's put on your heart some other thing I don't even want to put words to it because in your heart I trust the Lord has led me to this message so these words are for several in this room right now and the Lord is speaking to your heart and He's calling you to do or to be or or to quit. And He's just waiting on you to step out and trust Him because I'm here today to attest. Every time in my life that I have felt that the Lord led me into a decision the Lord blessed it and it gave me more than I could have ever hoped. That the times in my life where I made the decision, I thought I had it all figured out, it didn't usually work out so well. So today, trust God. Let God have that rightful place in your life. Let God change things. And as I conclude, don't listen to those lies anymore. I feel like that's for somebody today. That's a lie. Those hurtful words that were spoken over you, that's not the truth. It might even have been the truth at one point, but if God has changed you, that's not the truth anymore. Listen to the voice of the Lord today. Spend time in his word. Spend time in prayer. Let God lead us and guide us and do in us what he'd have us to do. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to pray over you as you go. Father, I thank you so much for my friends that have chosen to be in the house of the Lord today. Thank you, Lord, so much for those online who are watching. Thank you, Lord, for those who drove up on top this hill today and chose to be in the house of the Lord. I pray blessing over every person. I pray you'll be with each of us as we travel home, as we travel to our friends and our family, that you'll keep everyone safe. But Lord, most of all, let us trust you enough with our life that even though you may ask us to do things We don't even fully understand and may even seem scary that if you're in it, Lord, you're going to bless it in an awesome way. Thank you, Lord, for the story of Gideon and for the power of transformation in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for changing us, for calling us to do what you would have us do. And we pray all of this in your awesome and holy name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Our prayer team is with us this morning. And so if you have a special need, our folks would love to pray with you. Drive safely this afternoon. Have a great day in the Lord.